guys. Thanks for joining us on Men's Leadership Network. And I'm excited about the podcast today and what God's going to teach us. And I'm also excited that we've got a new year, in fact, a new decade. It's 2020, so welcome to uh, this new year. And I pray this year it'll be your best year yet. I really do. I pray that we'll get healthy and stronger and become the men that God created us to be, godly husbands and fathers and men after God's heart. And that's what Men's Leadership Network is all about. And I'm joined today with Adam Gray, and I'm just so thankful, Adam, for uh, being with us today. And, and man, we just look forward to hearing uh, from you. And so tell us a little bit about, you know, you know, your life, your story, and how God brought you to Middle Tennessee. Oh, glad to be here, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Uh, so I was born in Fort Worth, Texas. Yeah. We moved to Tuscaloosa at a very early age for me. Uh, it's where I was raised, Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Dad got a job at University of Alabama to teach. So I'm still, you know, grieving over our loss to Auburn that we <laughs> oh, had man. a few weeks ago in the Iron Bowl, but I'll survive. Yeah. I'll make it through. Uh, we'll hopefully play well against Michigan. Uh, but yeah, growing up, I mean, phenomenal parents, best parents I could could mm. ever ask for. Uh, they did Praise everything God. for me and my brother. Yeah. Uh, best memories growing up were my brother playing golf with my dad just every day in the summer on the weekends during school that was just our time together it was really great uh being able to travel around too in the summers playing junior tournaments and being in those long van rides going (laughs) going to the courses to play golf so that's that's best memories from childhood and you know I i was never very athletic or strong back then uh, but I could swing a golf club. So <laughs> we did that and, uh, you know, went to high school, graduated from high school, went to college at the University of Alabama. Mm. And what brought me to Middle Tennessee was was my job mm. uh, or, or my former job, rather, that we'll get into. Yeah. Uh, I had a connection at the University of Alabama who who knew someone in the human resources department in Brentwood. And that's how I figured out about the job and, mm. and fortunately got it and moved up here in 2009. Okay. So, it's been over 10 years now. Man, that's great. Yeah. I'm so glad God brought you guys here. <laughs> yes, me too. Hey, tell me about your family. So you're a dad now, and you had a great dad, but tell me about your family. Yeah. So a completely amazing wife, Katie. Yeah. Uh, we've been married. Uh, 2013's when we got married. I'm, I'm bad with the anniversary year, so it's, it's almost been seven years now. Wow. Uh, we have two amazing kids. Uh, Lawson's the oldest. He's about to turn five in a few months here. Davis, he just turned two this past Saturday. Uh, so it's just, they, they keep us on our toes. It's, yeah. it's a great family. Like I said, I had great parents that still live in Tuscaloosa. Uh, amazing mother-in-law and father-in-law. They That's paid great. me to say that. But <laughs> they're, they're actually five houses down from us. Oh, so yeah. it's really great having them that close and being able to see the grandkids when they want. Mm. Uh, things like that. My brother now is in, in Dallas. Uh, mm. So we're, we're relatively close. And We'll all be getting together at Christmas here soon, so. That's great. Yeah. Hey, tell me, you know, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but, you know, you had this job that brought you to Brentwood, and, uh, you know, things were going good, and you're doing this job, and then you kind of had a whole career change. I mean, mm. God called you to something totally different. So talk to us about yeah. that. So I can remember a conversation with my dad uh, when I was in high school about, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know. Like, I love math. I really like math. I want to make good money, and I don't want to be stressed out. Uh, so those are kind of the criteria. And he's like, well, have you ever heard of an actuary? It's like, no, What? what is that? And it's like, well, we measure risk and uh, very math-based. If you look at any kind of 
I guess, quickest to six figures or, or good income list out there, actuary is always at the top. It's also a, a much lower stress job than, say, being a lawyer or a doctor, things like that. The hours are a little more controlled. So it's like, all right, actuary it is. I'm in. Let's go. So from that point on, I, I pretty much prepared myself for becoming an actuary. So that's how I chose my undergrad degree, my graduate degree. Uh, the exam process uh, was really to set myself up for that. So. Mm. You know, for the first six years of, of my job, it was studying at least, you know, a couple hours a day and then tackling your, your other work yeah. as you're marching along in this exam progress to, to get your final credentials. Um, so you need the credentials to be able to sign documents and help the clients out with whatever they need. And so investing tons of time, I think by the end of it, when I got my fellowship, I think I'd spent over 3,000 study hours mm. to, to pass these exams. And so... A lot of time went into that, and I loved the career. Absolutely loved it. Uh, so about 2012, when I was really finishing everything up, I actually found CrossFit. Mm. And I can remember conversations at work with my friends, you know, hey, guys, if, if I ever won the lottery, like, we'd have that talk, like, what yeah. would you do? Yeah. And it was always, for me, I would open up a CrossFit gym. At the time, I think it was just more so, oh, I'd like to work out every day, yeah. like all day long. Like that's what I would want to do. It wasn't more of a, well, I want to help people. It was just selfishly, I'd like to work out all day. Yeah. And so that just kind of stuck with me. And, you know, we didn't quite win the lottery, but my wife is super, super blessed in what she's been doing with real estate. Mm -hmm. And she has been beyond supportive of, of my dreams, of my real passion. Uh, allowing me to quit my full-time job and pursue this. So usually when people ask, you know, who owns the gym, I say, hey, my wife owns it. And I just, I just kind of work there. She is, she is truly the rock star that, uh, that's, that's allowed me to, to do this. So it was quite a, quite a change there. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, that, that was a big adjustment, I'm sure, you oh, know, yeah. uh, leaving your job and going to start this gym. You know? Yeah. So... And Katie took it well. Katie was, how did that go with your wife? Um, I think it was, it was, I was constantly and consistently just planting the seed mm. over, over a period of about a year or so. Like, hey, I, you know, I'd really like to do this. Like, what do you think? And just kind of gently pushing her towards mm -hmm. that side. It, it certainly wasn't like a, an overnight thing mm -hmm. that, that got her to go with it. But, I mean, since, we, since we've done it, she's, she's all in and, and loves awesome. it. Well, tell me, because when you look at it, and you've done a great job, I mean, just launching this whole CrossFit gym and uh, getting that up and going. But you look at your top two core values are faith and relationships, you know? Now, how did you come to that? Does those be my top two? So with core values, I did a lot of thinking. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of companies may try to have too many core values, maybe. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you ask them, like at my old job, like, if you ask me what are our core values, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. There's about a dozen of them or so. So it's like I've got to distill it down into three or four of what I truly believe is the most important things for our culture and the vision and our mission that we have going forward. Mm. And so faith just seemed to be the base of it all. Uh, faith is very important to me now. Mm -hmm. And it's just having that complete trust in God that he's got this uh, you know, don't stress out about the things you can't control and just 
you know, put in the work, obviously. Like I can't just say, hey, God's going to take care of everything. I don't have to do anything. I can mm-hmm. sit back. But, you know, ha- having that faith uh, that, that he is going to take care of us and, and, and that sort of thing, uh, it was just huge, huge yeah. to have that in there. Mm-hmm. And then not only faith in God, but faith in, you know, other mm-hmm. people yeah. in, the, in the community that's forming. Mm. That's that kind of leads into I guess the second uh, value relationships. I mean, it's just so important. I, I always hear about this study uh, from a few podcasts I listen to about like fulfillment and you know living a long life and like w- you know what what factors contribute to that. And one of them is relationships. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the number of relationships, but it's how many deep relationships do you have with people. Uh, is is like one of the biggest influencers on how long you're living wow. and how fulfilled your life is. So I mean, how important is that, right? So yeah. having relationships and having that community at our gym is just—I mean—it's just the most important thing. Yeah, we want to get you in and get you fit and in shape, but we also want to develop bonds and, and you know be able to talk to each other and share stories and thoughts and feelings and all that kind of stuff too. Gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. So tell me about your faith story, you know, because I yeah. mean, that, that has a huge impact on a lot of mm-hmm. this, right? Uh, yeah. Tell me, how did that faith story come about in your life? So I grew up, uh, was raised in the Catholic church. Uh-huh. Uh, Mom was Catholic. Dad was later uh, converted to Catholicism. And so that's where me and my brother were raised. Mm. I was really young. I mean, just as a kid, I didn't fully respect or almost even understand what was going on and why it was so important. It was just, mm-hmm. we just got to go to church and got to sit there and for about an hour and then, and then go home. And it was, that was just kind of it. So I always had that idea that, Hey, God exists and you know, there's Jesus and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff, but it, it, I never really internalized it for myself. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of marching along and I'm in college now. And some of the people I'm around, um, some of them were non-believers, atheists, and I would never fully buy into their side, but it was just kind of that that other side of the story, like, ah, you know, God doesn't exist kind of thing, and I wasn't convinced one way or another. Mm. Um, eventually, just through my dad, he he would, he, he's great. He'll, anytime he visits, he'll give us a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he'll give us books, uh, Power of a Humble Life, he gave to us one year, uh, True Measure of a Man, mm-hmm. Case for Christ, the Strobel series. Uh, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist uh, was one that was huge, Frank Turek, yeah. uh, and, and another author on that. And so eventually I, I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna start reading these books because I'm kind of in this maybe more agnostic, like mm. I just don't know, but I, I haven't really looked into it. So I started reading, I don't have enough faith to be atheist, an atheist, and that just kind of changed my life. It, it started the wheels, and I was like, holy cow, because I guess I'm more of an analytical person. Yeah. Like I need, I guess I need more proof than, mm. than say, someone, someone else who's less analytical. And so reading that book and reading The Case for Christ was pretty pivotal for me. Yeah. Another one uh, that's, that's pretty interesting and sometimes people laugh is uh, when I got into CrossFit, there's a guy who's won the CrossFit games four years in a row, Rich Froning. Yeah. And he is so open about his faith, faith and, yeah. and how it's transformed him. And like that, that started the momentum going again and just getting me just diving way more deep into it. 
uh, than I ever have been before. And so yeah, through those books, Rich Froning, oddly enough, it, it's just strengthened my faith. And like, I have no doubts now about, awesome. you know, Jesus is the Lord and Savior, Yeah, you know, coming to die for our sins. And it's, it's just weird how CrossFit, <laughs> CrossFit and then just the books my dad would just kind of trickle to me every now and again would just influence me so much. Mm, Adam, that's awesome. Yeah. And God was working in your life. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sl- <laughs> slowly but surely. Yeah. It, was, it was a slow drip, kind of like I did to my wife, I guess. <laughs> it's a slow drip. Finally got me. That's so, awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Man, well, I can tell, you know, you're bringing your faith into the gym and you're helping people understand that. And I think that's biblical. I mean, you know, the Bible talks about your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so the way we treat our bodies, it ought to be something that's important. It's important yeah. to God. It's important, you know, to us that we stay yeah. healthy. Uh, what do you say to people? Because a lot of times you think about CrossFit, you're like, dude, those guys are ripped, man. You know, yeah. those guys, they're in a different league. I can't really keep up. What do you, what do you say about people to, hey, just jump in and get started. It doesn't matter where you are, what level you're at, you know. Uh, I say, come, just come see it for yourself. Mm. Come see it for yourself. I mean, we have members in their upper 50s, early 60s. Uh, We have a 59-year-old woman who moves better than some of our newer 30-year-olds that are coming in, you know, trying to get into CrossFit. So she's been doing it, you know, five, six years now. Wow. Like, so it's, it is for everybody. Uh, If they can't come in and see it and they just like, no, I'm I'm not going to go. I just try to tell people it's it's infinitely scalable. Mm. So I couldn't do a pull-up when I first started CrossFit. There's no way. Uh, so we substitute the movement for ring rows. And a ring row is just simply holding onto some rings and yeah. rowing into yourself. And you can elevate your body enough to where there's almost no force required to pull yourself to the ring. So I could say an 80-year-old mom could do it or grandma could yeah. do it, right? So there's... It's scalable, and you can take any single movement like that Mm. and scale it for that athlete or that person's ability. Uh, So the the idea is going to be on any given day, all these people are mixed into a single class doing the same workout. Well, we're just going to modify it for certain people so that, you know, the 80-year-old who's doing it for the first time is going through the same kind of feelings. Like, it's just as tough for, say, me who's been doing it for six, seven years. Yeah. So that's kind of how we do it, and that's how we can get anybody with any skill level in there. That's great. So you've seen a remarkable difference in your own life, probably doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's been the most fun for you? What's been the most rewarding for you uh, personally and then also with the clients that you have who come into the gym? Uh, so for the clients, it's just seeing the look on their faces when they start, you know, getting movements they never thought they could before. Oh, yeah. Some of the like higher skill level movements we do. Uh, or it's, you know, lifting more weight than they've ever done before. There's uh, w- one of our early on members, she's a school teacher from Nashville, and she hasn't worked out in 25 years. Wow. Mm. Uh, so 25 years, she's done nothing. And so it was about the second day she was in, we had her deadlifting. And so deadlifting, picking up a barbell from the floor, standing up straight with it, holding it in your hands. Uh, you know, we used a 15 pound trainer bar and we kind of had it elevated on some mats so she didn't have to bend all the way down to the ground. So she was working with that and slowly we added a little bit of weight on there. And she like came up to me at one point, she was like, how much weight is on there? 
And I was like, that's 35 pounds. And she was like, can I be proud of that? And I was like, yeah, yeah, you can. Like, that's awesome. Like, so she was just like celebrating just huge accomplishment for, and you know, you, for a lot of other people, 35 pounds is, is not much, right? Yeah. Like they could curl that. But to her, it was like truly special. So that's, that's what I love. Uh, for me personally, why, why my wife would say I work out so much uh, or why I work out so much is it's just really cool to see what the human body can do. Mm. Like God created us so perfectly to be able to do so many incredible things yeah. that it's really fun to get in there, work on that kind of stuff and be able to express it out in the world and, and just yeah, just, just be, be a strong person and, and feel good. Yeah. That's why I do it. Well, I know you like, you've even done some of those competitions, the CrossFit competitions. Yeah. And I mean, you guys are just in a whole kind of different league, which is awesome because you're yeah. in such good shape and, and uh, it makes you feel good too, you know? And I know there's study after study that says when you work out, it increases your energy, it increases your you know, capacity, your mental capacity and everything else. Uh, and yet so many people, we make excuses, right? I'm right yeah. there about, you know, well, I got this to do and this to do. And, and usually it gets kind of pushed on the back burner, right. you know? How do you help to say to somebody, make this a priority, you know, make your physical health in 2020, make, make this a priority. How, how do you yeah. kind of say that to people? So, you know, if I can't say much to them and they already have the inclination, hey, I'm going to go do it, yeah. uh, start off slow. Yeah. So just say... For the first week of 2020, I'm going to step foot in a gym three times a week. You don't have to lift a weight. You don't have to get on a machine. You could just go through the door, walk through the door. Usually that's the hardest part. Yeah. And so, hey, while you're there, maybe you can look around at some stuff, get a feel for it, uh, see what's what's there, maybe try a few things. And then the next week, three times a week, walk through the door. But now you got to do something for 10 minutes. You know, start off slow. Like, don't be the which I typically am all in. <laughs> yeah. Just don't try to hammer it six, seven days a week. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Beat yourself up so much that I, I'm so sore. I can't even get back yeah. in there. Yeah. So start off slow. Cause it really is a lifetime habit that you need to have. Mm-hmm. Like it, fitness truly is like use it or lose it. Like mm. if, if I don't do anything from now until, you know, 50, I'm going to be in terrible shape. Like yeah. uh, it's just going to be hard for me. So you got to be got to be consistent with it. Uh, for people kind of on the fence, or maybe people looking at how how do you keep that motivation throughout the year? It's you got to figure out your why. Like, mm. why are you doing this? Like, why do you care? A lot of times, I'll tell people, you know, like, would you want to be able to play with your kids someday or grandkids someday? You know, do you want to go into a nursing home early? Like, you're like the stuff we're doing today is kind of pushing that stuff off. Wow. Being able to keep us active with our families, like, it's just so important like if you can find a why like my why would be just trying to see like how far we can push ourselves like mm. god's creation mm-hmm. uh like that's just the motivation to just keep it up mm. keep going find the why man that's good i like that yeah once you find the why then you you'll go to it right yeah. and and i love that starting slowly because i'm, I'm kind of like that too you know i'm like all in <laughs> you were so sore the next day and you're yeah. like okay i'm not going back you know like ah you got yeah. you got to like scale it you know mm-hmm. and uh and then be disciplined right just be disciplined yeah. in that how do you, you know because it's amazing how you've brought your faith into your workplace and i mean you you're living that out adam and uh 
And how do you bring your faith into your marriage and in and with your kids as well? How are, how are you seeing God work in your in your family? Well, I because I've I've looked at all that uh, apologetics type yeah. stuff and like it's so firmly cemented in my mind. I tend to see God in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like we tend to think Katie's dad uh, passed away mm. before I even met her. Mm. And you're like, well, you yeah, passed away of cancer. Like, wow, like, what, what's the point? Like, that seems so cruel. But had that never happened, she would have never, you know, checked the bucket list off of coming to Nashville. Yeah. Come to Nashville, pursue something in the music industry. She would have never met me. Uh, you know, we have some members of the gym who have had their, their own cancer stories or lost parents, and she's able to, like, talk with those people yeah. and, and help them out. So it's like, you know, why did that happen? Well, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a reason, there's a purpose for it. And so I'm always kind of operating like that at, at our house. Like, it, it's just trying to see God in, in everything, mm. like the beauty that he's done. Uh, you know, we're, we're really trying to... I guess, trickle it onto our kids as well mm-hmm. as best we can, mm-hmm. really trying to set up intentional habits of, you know, trying to pray before meals, having small groups over to our house. Mm. It's like, you know, I kids will be like, hey, why are all these people coming? <laughs> or, well, it's small group, it's Bible study. You know, trying to get them involved. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I think it's, it's a good thing. Oh, yeah. I love that, you know, and I know you and Katie have really done a good job of modeling that for your kids mm. and giving them a spiritual foundation and helping them say, this is important, you know? And I mean, what a difference that's making yeah. as they grow up, you know? Yeah. So, hey, what about on the leadership side? As you mm. look at CrossFit and groups, what, what are a couple of leadership things that you see coming out of CrossFit for people, not just on the health side, but even just in the life side? The biggest thing is humility. Mm. So when I first saw CrossFit on TV, which is kind of what got me into it, I was like, I can do that. I've been in the gym. I can, I can lift weights. I can, you know, all that stuff. No problem. First class, first workout I ever did, it destroyed me. There were women just doing laps around me, basically. So you're immediately humbled. Yeah. Like, you have to be humbled at that point. Uh, which is a huge trait for any leader to have. Mm-hmm. I mean, any leader that thinks he knows everything is, that, I mean, that's a recipe for, for right. not growing, not progressing, losing team members. Uh, so humility is, is, is a big part of it. Uh, discipline is something you get through the group as well, I think through the accountability. Mm. So if I don't show up to my group class, you know, friends in the class would be like, hey, where are you at? Like, we were, we were actually texting somebody yesterday. He didn't show up for 6.30 a.m. class. So we were texting him, hey, man, where are you at? Where are you, where are you at? And he, he's like, ah, I'd take my kids somewhere. It's like, all right, sure, be here tomorrow. So that accountability kind of starts creating that discipline. Yeah. And having discipline as a leader is always good, right? Because you always have to be disciplined, keep your eyes on the vision, keep mm. progressing things forward and, and growing just as a person in general. So I think those are probably the, the two biggest things that another sub one on that would be like people skills mm-hmm. that you kind of get through the group class. Like how do you deal with different people? Granted, I mean, it, you know, if you're like 5.30 a.m., you may not talk with anybody, but <laughs> you're still getting exposed to just yeah. different people and, and hopefully getting some skills rubbed off on you on that, which is, I think, critical for being a leader. Mm, I think that's great. What, what about like 
something you've learned through leaving your job and starting CrossFit. There may be guys out there who are watching this and they're kind of going, man, that's my dream. You know, I've got, yeah. I've got this desire to, you know, start a business or start, you know, a ministry or start something. What, what, what advice would you give to them just saying, hey, here's some things to think about or pray through, you know, if, if, if God's stirring your heart to do this? Uh, number one would be just research, research, research. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, while I was at my job, kind of, I would have my 30 minute commute to and from, uh, Brentwood, I would podcast and I would yeah. podcast through, uh, entrepreneurial podcast or podcasts about starting a CrossFit gym and just, you know, learning everything you can before just diving straight in. Mm. It's it's kind of romantic to be like, oh, I just quit my job yesterday and I'm going to pursue this, but yet I've done no research. Yeah, It's probably not good. So best piece of advice is just research and figure out like, is this practical? Like mm. depending on where you're at with kids, like do you have kids or mm. is it just you or do you have a wife? Mm -hmm. Like thinking through those things, uh, just, yeah, just be patient with it. Um, yeah, there's, there's no need to rush into it and, and make a, a bigger mistake. Yeah. That's a really good advice. Yeah. I've known some guys at church, you know, who've started different companies or business, and they were like that. They were like, you know, an hour a day, uh, I would devote to this. And I was just like, yeah. you know, while I had my other job and everything else, but I was like carving out, and God was preparing me, and I was learning and growing before I ever, ever stepped out, you know? Yeah, it's, so. it's, it's really easy to get fired up and just kind of go, yeah. uh, go full steam ahead and, and not think of everything. I mean, we thought, I thought, you know, I, I, this is going to be easy, no problem. Like I've got cash flow models going out for 24 months and, you know, startup costs. Like I was like, I've, I've got pretty tight tolerances on those. Like I'm a spreadsheet nerd from my actuarial career. I was off by three, three times. So it was three times more expensive than I thought. Wow. Uh, even after getting in initial quotes and all this kind of stuff. So it's, be prepared for for anything and do your do your research before yeah. you uh, dive dive into your passion. There, yeah, it's good advice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, what advice would you give to guys out there, all of us guys? You know, just about it's the start of a new year. Get in the gym, get going. How do how do you do it so that we don't just go for two weeks and then like fall off the wagon? You know, what advice yeah. would you give us for? You know, I know you said start slow, but, but like, give us something we're going to say, hey, for this entire 2020, we're going to be passionate about getting in shape. I'd say come up with set goals, come up with goals. So, That's good. you know, you're getting in the gym. Don't just say, hey, I'm going to get really fit or as fit as I can. Come up with something that like the smart goals, like specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time bound type thing. So. It could be, hey, and, and make it, well, I guess the attainable thing comes into play, but if you need to lose weight and you need to, you think you need to lose 30 pounds, say, hey, by June 30th, I'm going to lose 30 pounds at six pounds per month or five pounds per month there. So mm. a little like over a pound a week, it's, it's reasonable, it's attainable. It stretches into June. Uh, so it's not like I'm going to lose 20 pounds in January yeah. and, and be done with it. Like try to extend that goal beyond the month of January. Or, I mean, come up with something. Like if you're into running, mm. uh, maybe it's you sign up for a race. Or you know, if you're into basketball, find some, some league out there, men's league or something to, to sign up for and have something to like train for or work for. Have that goal. 
I love that. Yeah, yeah you, you got to set something, right? Because if you yeah. don't, it's just nebulous. You're, you're not going to stick to mm. it. And so what is that, you know? Uh, and, and whether you call them New Year's resolutions or you call them goals yeah. or whatever you call it, you know, what, do something that's measurable, something that you go, okay, this is, this is attainable and I can, I can jump on that. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, even though I have my why and I feel like I'm really grounded in it, yeah. it's, I, I still chase things. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, what's the next thing? And, and so do, doing things like that. I, um, I, I if I'm going to say this, I guess I'm, I'm going to have to do it now. Uh, so I got this idea in my head. Be the uh, CrossFit champion of America. That'd be really hard. That'd take a lot of time. That'd be really hard. I got it in my head that uh, I want to run a 100-mile race. Whoa. The furthest I've ran is like 10 miles at a time. So it's just I've, I've, this one guy I kind of look to or for motivation sometimes uh, he's, he's an ultra runner. He does all these crazy things and it's a very big mental test more than anything else. Uh, I, I would say So like, you don't have to be fast. Like you just gotta be slow, methodical and just keep at it, but it's all in your head. And so I'm like, I'm going to sign up for this and do it. And so that's just going to kind of be the thing I'm, I'm working towards for six months. I tell, I tell my wife, she's, pretty worried she's like you don't run you're not a runner I'm like yeah no but we'll, we'll see what happens and so it's just something to just keep you know dangling the carrot on the stick just something to work towards and we'll, we'll see what happens but you know it, it fires me up though like I've been running more than I ever have before which is good like I still believe in CrossFit and I still do CrossFit uh you know five days a week but it's just something else to do right just to keep you keep you motivated so finding those things that can keep you driving forward uh, is, is always a good thing. 100 mile race. Yeah, That's impressive. We'll see. I, I told. I, We're going to have you back on MLN. I have, to, <laughs> I have to sign up for it January 1st, and it's, it's like $200. I yeah. thought it would be more. Uh, you can withdraw and get a 50% refund. So I told my wife, I was like, well, <laughs> once, like the, once like the second or third long run comes where yeah. I'm running, you know, 20 plus miles yeah. comes and I'm like having second thoughts. Yeah. Worst case, I'm out, we're out a hundred dollars. <laughs> I'm like, it's it a cool idea, but like, so we'll see. And so where do you do it? Like, where do you go to run a hundred miles? Uh, so currently <laughs> the wife doesn't like this either, but I've got, I moved our bedroom TV out into our garage and I'm running on a treadmill that can communicate with an app called Zwift. Uh, Zwift is mainly for cyclers yeah. that can hook up on their smart trainers, but you can also run on it. So I'm doing that while the weather is, is chilly. And then as the weather gets better, uh, Thompson Station Park, they have some trails out through there. And there's, there's decent trails around Nashville. Yeah. So I'll just mindlessly loop, loop around that. But I think it's, it can just be a good time for me to, you know, uh, the the rolling hills app keeping yeah. up yeah. keeping up with the daily steps and mm -hmm. like you have so much time while you're just sitting there running at a low intensity and so mm. you can think through things and you can just center yourself and so i uh, i'm looking forward more to that than i guess the actual training of it it's yeah. just a, ch a chance to just get some good thinking in yeah well i love that you're setting goals and you're not done you know i yeah. don't God's got bigger plans, and he's going to continue to use you and CrossFit Gym to reach so many people. And uh, Adam, I'm thankful for you and Katie and the way you guys are leaders at church and the way you're raising your boys and uh, just, just excited for what God's doing in your life, yeah. you know? So, yeah. hey, what do you want your legacy to be? 
So nothing crazy. Like I, I when I hear that question, I, I I start thinking about my dad. Like, well, yeah. like, and what would he want? And you know, he's still alive today. And uh, you know, but when he passes, like, what am I gonna think about? And I'm gonna think he's you know an amazing father. Like he was incredible at his, at his job. Uh, but he still spent so much time with us, mm. and he was just truly a great person to be around. And so. I think of the similar things like my legacy is just simply for kids and relatives and people close to me to just think, you know, he was serving others as best he could. Like, yeah, he was passionate about what he did, but he didn't let it consume him. And so mm. uh, just being a godly man, serving others and just just having that memory. I, I don't need to have any, <laughs> I don't know, monuments or, or grand things out there. It's just you know, lead a, a good life, mm. uh, try to follow Jesus and, mm-hmm. and grow and just have people remember me as that. Mm. I love that. That speaks to your humility, what you talked about earlier too. Yeah. And um, God's using you and he's going to use you to impact a lot of people, Adam. Yeah. So man, I, I appreciate so. it. So yeah. Uh, hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. And I do pray that 2020 will be a great year uh, for you, I do pray it'll be a year you get healthy. I mean, we all need to, you know, uh, and keep those priorities straight, right? Keep God first and then your spouse and then your children and then your career, you know, and make sure that you keep those in the right order. Uh, it's going to be a great year. And I want you to know that uh, we're praying for you and uh, love to see you at a CrossFit gym and <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. getting in shape and getting ready. So, hey, let me pray for us. Uh, Father God, thanks for today. Thanks for Adam, God. And thank you for giving him the boldness and courage to step out and start the gym. And Father, I pray for him as he leads uh, there at work, as he leads in his home. I pray for Katie and their marriage, that you would bless them, God. I pray for him as a dad. Thank you for his dad being such a great dad. And I pray for every man watching this right now. And I pray that, God, you would stir in our hearts uh, to follow you all of our days, God, and to bring you glory and to, to leave a legacy that would point people to you. And so, God, help 2020 to be our best year physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, Father, and let us be men after your heart. Thanks for this time. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Adam, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. It's great. And guys, be looking for the Man Minute. It comes out every Friday and be watching for our next podcast. Thanks for being here.